Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring and motivating life-changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to The Prosperity Project. Welcome back to The Prosperity Project. Now today's episode is a very special one. We do these off and on. I think this is our third one and it's going to be a Q&A session. Now what we wanted to do is ask you, our audience, for some questions that we could answer. A bit more relaxed today's episode and because it's coming to the end of 2021 we thought it was an ideal opportunity to give you some answers to maybe some of the things you've been thinking about as you've been watching or listening to us over this past year. Now, first of all, I'm going to call out, I can't believe that we're next year, it'll be two full years we've actually put out the podcast. It, it is actually incredible to think we've lasted this long. I know, we've done really well. We've done really And I just want to call out probably a thank you is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, thank you for everyone who does watch and listens to our podcast every week. We've actually managed to achieve some mind-blowing things in the past year. So in the past year, in the past even three or four months, we have placed top 20 in the iTunes UK business podcast charts. We've also placed top 50 in the entrepreneur charts for the UK. And, you know, we, we recently moved on to the Mama Furfer channel and we're getting excess of a thousand watches every single week as well as our audio version podcast as well ranking up the charts so thank you everyone who takes time to watch or listen to us honestly you are blessing us with um, a job that's so easy to do <laughs> and it's so fun to sit down with you so Matthew thank you for turning up for all these I've got nothing <laughs> better to do <laughs> exactly I've got nowhere exactly. else to be so I'm, I'm here anyway you're good anyway anyway so with that being said I put a request out on YouTube and my Instagram at Mama Furfur and I asked if there was any question you could ask us on the podcast what would it be now I've picked the top questions they're all over the place we've got some topics such as like life design money which i love if you watch them off our channel i talk about money a lot so matt hasn't actually seen these questions no. <laughs> so um in the show notes they are there now matthew if you want to have a look but i'm going to just go through them you can feel free to pipe in with your answer as well so i'll probably give you an overview of what my thoughts are first so that being said if you hear your question being asked thank you for letting me know with a comment or dropping me a dm with your question that was fantastic the first one is and i'm not going to name who it's from but the first question was how many hours do we work now compared to when we had our day job okay that's a tricky one <laughs> the reason well, I, I mean actual hours and i know my number i actually well, just filmed a youtube video about this very concept so, so I, I can get my the interesting thing number. for me is are we comparing how many hours we work now versus the hours that we were supposed to work no, in a day job right, we were both or the hours we actually spent working. <laughs> no, full time. Let's assume we put in our 35, uh, 37.5, yeah. 37 and a half. Let's assume that we worked the entire time we exactly, were there. Exactly. So that was our day jobs. We both had, you were in finance and I was in IT. Well, and to be fair, I commuted an hour or so mm. each way as well. That was um, a sometimes an hour and a half. Yep. So 12 hour days were the norm for you. Yeah. Pretty much 12 yeah. hour from door to door was my kind of day. And yeah, I don't work anywhere close to that now. <laughs> um, no, but I think the need, well, anyway, you go, how many hours do you think you work a week? Um, 
It varies. Mm. So it varies depending on whether we're producing the things that everyone gets to see. Yes. So the yep. things that go out on the YouTube channel and on the podcast and any other bits and pieces that maybe go online. And then there's the elements which are maybe being worked on behind the scenes yep. that people don't see. The research, the exploring, the trying to get um, inspiration and yep. ideas. Yep, trying. <laughs> and also maybe working on other projects, some of which work out, some of which don't work mm, out. Mm. Because... In the nature of doing this kind of thing, you can spend one, two, five, ten hours mm. looking into something and going down a rabbit hole and then realizing that there's nothing there. <laughs> so unlike a normal day job where you just serve your time and everything should result in, well, even if you don't actually have an output, mm. a boss is generally happy with how you spent your time and they've got the answers to something. Whereas for us, sometimes you don't end up with anything tangible. Sometimes you end yeah. up with yeah. just the time spent and you find there's nothing there there's nothing worth uncovering so all of that time that research that effort is lost and that's the part that isn't seen but even with all of that um i don't know <laughs> i probably got i would say one working day of work you would say about week. the seven or eight hour mark you think you are i'd say it's probably not far because you do a lot of our editing so like the podcast, we've got multiple cameras here set up. Matt does all that. You do set up for me as well. I literally, it's wonderful. I literally sit down and just record when we do this. So yeah, I would say a minimum for you is about the eight hours. If it's not setting up and helping me technically with things, your editing is probably at least two hours, if not for well, so one each, episode. Each episode probably takes me at least twice as long as the episode mm. runs for mm. to edit so because i've got the three cameras i need to line things up then that takes a while um also there's some of the looking through the prep and everything else you do most of the prep mm. and i go through it yep. there's a time to record it it takes probably about 15 minutes to set everything up before we get started mm. and then also when you do your videos which don't include me again there's the setup and the clear away exactly. after the fact yeah. and there's, there's the small things like moving <laughs> files around, transferring stuff from USB drives to other places and mm. uploading things to cloud drives and all of that kind of stuff. That takes time. And then also off the side of that as well, there's things like looking after the business finances yep, yep, and all those admin. things. So that is What's the, the answer, Matthew? What's the answer? <laughs> it's still about eight hours. Eight hours. Yeah. Eight hours a week, but some <laughs> weeks it can be maybe twice that exactly and yeah. some weeks it can be not even half that yeah but it really gets to being more than about 12 or 13 hours mm, in a week I would say unless that. we're really trying to do a lot of stuff yeah so yeah my day job 37 and a half hours it was five days a week now switched down to i worked at i was probably the eight to ten hour mark on a normal week so that's content planning research filming we use an editor for my mama for for videos so actually i've saved three hours now that we outsource that and um, i also outsource my thumbnails so again that's probably about another half an hour hours potentially there i've saved about four hours but the nature of our job you really feel that like you're offline completely because I've got maintenance of videos that can take a couple of hours like answering comments, emails, business admin, that kind of thing. So I'm going to estimate about eight to ten hours a week, some weeks. So we've got quite used to the habit that we'll maybe do a very focused day of content creation so that, you know, we've got this set up right now. It might well be that I've already recorded a couple of Mama Furfur videos for my main channel and then we're doing a podcast. So 
the day when the boys are at school, we'll maybe fill those five hours actually with doing multiple, multiple things. Like and and also remember that because we've got the kids that need to be picked up close to three o'clock, mm. by the time you leave about half two, and by the time the school drop-offs are done at half nine, you've only got that window of half two, yeah, it's sorry, half quick. nine to half two <laughs> to actually do the work. Yep. So you spread your time over those, plus you need a lunch, plus you can't just work solid talking because you run out of voice. Yeah, exactly. So tired. it's not like you can sit there and bang it all out in one day. It actually needs to be spread over mm. a period of time. But the great thing about it is we can do the eight to ten hours any anywhere mm. anytime mm. we can do it on a saturday we can do it whenever we feel like yeah. we're not structured so much that we have to do things on a particular day yes, a particular exactly, way yeah. um we could do this from barbados <laughs> on a sunday afternoon Look out for that when the world opens up a bit more but a fantastic question i hope that helped thank you so much for asking it, the, the simple answer is it's fluid it's probably about eight to ten hours a week but it depends on how focused we are that week second question how can i save so this is from the person how can i save enough to fund leaving my full-time job to do something i love oh so this is obviously something we can both relate to this golden i call it new opportunities fund i don't call it an emergency fund it's, it's the wrong question it's a, oh, go, go deep, go the, deep. The question, the question is, it's is, is a right question. So I understand what the person's saying, mm. but it's not actually really the right question. Okay. The right question is, what life... So they're asking, how can I save enough to fund leaving a full-time job? Mm. My question would be, how much money do you need to bring in to cover whatever bills you have? Right. So that you can then spend the time working on the thing you love. So it's not how much you need to save because you'll be basing that on right now I spend £2,000 a month yep, yep. in my house for cars and for this and for that and everything else. Well, do you need to spend £2,000 a month? Mm. Can you narrow that down? Or maybe you're saying, well, how do I have it where I save enough that I can spend a year bringing in the same income? Yep, yep. Well, what's stopping you from working three days a week right now? What's stopping you? What financial yep. situation means that you can't achieve that? Or if you're in a two-household income, then maybe you can survive on one income and the other person can take time away from the business yep. to be able to retrain, rethink, refocus. Again, that you don't need to have necessarily the same ideas as us. Mm. You can have lots of thoughts about what you want to do, even if it's just better quality of family life. So the question is more so... What do you need to actually tick over to enable it? Not how much savings do you require in order to... Because the question sounds like it's more, how do I save enough to bring in the same income for a period of time mm. whilst I do the thing I like? Mm. And that shouldn't be the question. It's how little can I potentially survive on? Yep. You don't want to go too frugal, but how can you make it so you can do it now? Right. What yep. can you get on with to... What can you sacrifice mm -hmm. how can you rethink your finances how can you explore doing less time mm. what's stopping you from making some changes to do it today mm, yeah. not how can i make it happen one day one day absolutely. because there's always going to be a reason why your savings can't be as high as you thought if you feel like you need fifteen thousand pounds in the bank in order mm. to achieve something yep. you'll find that suddenly you need a new laptop or you need a new fridge freezer, or your car's a little bit creaky and you want to get a new vehicle because mm. you've gained £8,000 and actually there's a car that you quite yeah. like. It's very easy for that money to disappear. Whereas if you say to yourself, 
what enables me to do it right now and you make it happen, then you have to live within those new means, mm. which means that you're forced in maybe not quite a positive way to adhere to what your plan is. Mm -hmm. But the other side is you get to do the thing that you love immediately. Absolutely. And that's why like, time is the key here. In our situation, we made the decision to go from two wages to one wages and it was tight. Like we weren't bringing any income from Mama for or anything. I think we just knew it was the right way to go. We, we halved this, our income in the house entirely, yep. but also we did the sums and worked out that yeah, we could balance the books. Yeah, yes, it would be tight. The other flip side is what happened in our case. We never thought about saving before we then decided that I would retire as well or do differently. What actually happened in our case was, yes, there was saving happening. So how can you save enough? I would just say put in the saving habit of putting five or 10 pounds, like do something, start the intention. But what happened in our case was the business, while I was working on it, then ended up with the buffer. So the, the best thing in our case was almost focus on the thing that we love and making sure we could earn an income from that. The world seemed to just multiply that. So actually the buffer was in the business more than it was in our savings. So the moment we got to kind of a certain level in our business, I was like, well, to be honest, there's X amount of months there that I can fully concentrate on the business and, you know, whatever happens, we'll figure it out. I think that was a switch for me. It, it got to the stage where actually the business could allow life to continue far more indefinitely than our savings could. And I think it's worth exploring. Like the question is, how can I make time to do something I love? Mm. Well, how much time are you spending at the moment? On mm. it? Yep. Are you actually spending some time in your evenings or weekends on that thing you love? Because sometimes you can tell yourself that if only I could quit my job, mm. then I could achieve this. Yes, yes. But actually, A, you've got more time than you realize and you're probably not prioritizing enough. And B, it might be this dream of something it could be. Right. But when you get down to it and you've got to suddenly spend your time on it, that you find you don't love it nearly as much. Maybe <laughs> this idea of, oh, one day I would love to achieve this thing or do this thing. You know, I want to do lots of art. I want to spend mm. time doing pictures. And actually, if you're stuck there with your paintbrushes every day, mm. you find that it becomes less fun, less enjoyable. So I think it's worth also exploring something that you maybe want to make time for in the time you currently have mm. to make sure that you want to potentially make sacrifices, whether that's saving or whether that's just cutting down your income now to have more time allocated to it. If you love it, yep. I would expect that you're spending time on it now. You are doing it in the evenings or on the weekends. Because if you're not, I would question the intensity of your love for it. Mm -hmm. Very deep. Okay, the next question was, and we're going for a money question, hopefully get you all excited. The question was, how do you start investing in the stock market with minimum wage? Well, I'm going to take this question, if that's okay, and start for it. Um, so first of all, that it's great how people phrase their questions. You can get a little insight into mindsets as well. The person's asked how to start investing with minimum wage. So already I can see the mindset might be that you don't have enough. Okay, so I'm going to say to you, emphasize, it does not matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it that counts. So first of all, your capital's at risk when you invest. Don't do what I say without finding, of course, your own path and making sure you're okay with it. 
But like any habit, investing is a long-term habit. You're investing in the stock market, so things that are going to companies that are going to multiply your money while you don't bother with it. Start with even one pound. So even though right now you might feel it's not the size you want it to be, does not matter. What you're going to do is if start with a pound a month and commit to it. You're going to build your muscle memory, if you like. You're going to build confidence. You're going to see that you're not going to lose all your money if you're choosing correctly or as best as you can. Um, platforms in the UK are things like Free Trade, Wombat, Stake, um, eToro. All of them start from low amounts that you can open accounts, investment ISAs, pensions, you name it. And start the habit. So just literally, even amount of money that you can put aside that you don't need, start. And then for me, I would really say go easy as well. So pick something that's not just tracking one company, pick index funds, so things that track whole industries. You don't have then a lot of maintenance to check it and make sure you know that you're not going plus or minus or anything. So how do you start with minimum wage? Does not matter, it's how you start with any wage. <laughs> you basically start. The sooner you start, the longer term it will grow into something. Now that's completely right. My mind went to how do you start with minimum wages again the wrong question because how do you start when you've got lots of money is mm. the process is the same you open up an account somewhere you put money that you have into it yes money that you know is at risk but if you're sensible it's not really at risk yes yeah and you just put the money in and then you leave it and then it will grow mm. that's the nature especially if you're doing things like index funds it just happens and in actual fact the, the thought process about I have minimum wage means that you might go into it looking at what it's doing every single day. Yes, yeah. And the problem yep. is that the markets fluctuate. Now, index funds over the last 30, 50 years, they grow. Mm. They grow year yep. on year on year. Yep. But what happens is if you look at the chart and you kind of zoom in, mm. there'll be the odd months or odd six months where there's a dip. Yep. But what happens yep. is it ends up growing and it ends up being higher than it was pretty much every year after year, even during stock market crashes. Yep, give or it take. comes yep. back and it grows. So as long as you're not micromanaging and analyzing it and you're just letting it be and just trusting the system, then you'll do fine. Mm. And if anything, if you're on minimum wage and you probably got a little bit less to invest, well, I'm sure that if your 20 pounds went down to 18 pounds um, over the course of maybe the first two months, just because yeah. the stock market yeah. wasn't doing enough, that's less painful than the person that's put in a couple of hundred thousand pounds mm. and suddenly sees a similar challenge to their money. Yeah. So if anything, easing yourself in with a smaller amount allows you to become comfortable with the ebbs and flows of how the markets go. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah. it's all relative. Mm. For someone on low wage, then putting by some money and seeing a return on that money is worth the same amount as someone that's got a lot of money mm. that invests it. Because growth, doubling your money for anybody is a big deal. Yes, absolutely. Now, the fact that you've maybe got five thousand pounds in and you've doubled that to ten for some people that is incredible mm. for other people a five thousand pound growth is is nothing but if they're going through the same skills and they're doubling their money mm. again it's a big deal to probably that person and where they're at so it's all relative you can't look at someone else and say well their money's grown by ten thousand pounds yep. mine's yep. only grown by 50 because relatively you will have had the same growth and it probably means as much to you 
as it means to that other person. Absolutely. And yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Actually, somebody explained this to me when I was learning about investing. If you had £20 a week and you were saving it in a normal bank account, that £20 over a year would become about £1,000, you know, give or take, wouldn't you? If you had some weeks on and off. If you did the same though and invested at that £20 per week from the age of 18 to when you retired at 65, rather than just that, you know, £1,000 or £1,100 every year added on for all those years, you would have over a million pounds in an investment because you've got the compound growth hopefully happening. So in a normal bank account, you'd end up with having... Depreciation and the money would be worth less. Forget depreciation for it. Let's just go for classic cash. If you did it between 18 and 60-something, you'd end up with maybe £45,000. Yes, exactly. But if you put it into an index tracker based on how they've been over all time mm. then you would have over a million pounds so that yeah. shows the true value of compound interest it's not interest. the amount that you actually invest it's when you start what you do with so it so if you haven't got going yet go get on going. watch some of my videos on the mama for our channel so the final question of this q a which has been really fun i love hearing you talk about money as well matt you do a great thing i do know stuff you about do money know, that, it's course, almost like i've been listening if you've watched we've got an episode on the podcast where we talk about money that's really good to how we manage money if you want to find a little bit more about some of the habits and things that we do as a couple um, that's another episode to check and the final question would be what advice would we give for those designing life at an early stage so university or early 20 so I'm going to kick this off if that's okay I know I did the last one but let me kick it off a little bit the best advice I could give you somebody now in my 40s I've just turned 40 this year is really think about designing life on your terms I think though it is the nature of life. You really only get that kind of wisdom by trying and failing at a couple of things. So actually, think about an overall arch of your life, where you want to go, what you want to do. That's great. But also allow yourself a lot of flexibility to try and fail at stuff. So uh, an exercise that I find really valuable is called the three by three pages, which is a little bit of like mindset and using your imagination. And it's about writing letters to yourself at different points in time and future. And what you do is you open up how you would actually like to see your life become. So what you do is you write three letters. The first letter is to yourself 30 years from your age. So let's say if you're 18 or 25, 30 years in future. And what you're meant to do is you write your letter to you as of the younger age, saying all the things you've accomplished in those 30 years, who's around you, what kind of home you live in, all what kind of things you did. You then do a second letter that's now 10 years ahead of you. So if you're 25, that's when you're 35 instead. So you've jumped forward and you do the same again. Then the final letter is a year from now. So when you're 26, if you're 25 or something. And what you see with those three letters is you see your vision for the future and then also breaking it down into things that you can do right now. What we tend to find when we think about our life, we obviously want the best when we're you know writing this and we think about our health, our well-being, our family. Stay true to that overall arch of what you think you would want in life. My only advice on that as well, that I wish I'd kind of started sooner, but it doesn't matter. I don't have any regrets in life, would be thinking about passive incomes more. So we really didn't start making passive incomes, investing, building a business until mid to late 30s for me and for you. I actually wish I'd thought about investing and saving and all those kind of things in my 20s. It'd be a totally different ballgame. So I would actually... Again, I changed the question a little bit. So the challenge I see is when you're younger, uni age, early 20s, don't try and design your life. 
because <laughs> what you're trying to do is determine who you are, where mm. you're going to be too early. And you don't know what you don't know yet. Mm. And actually half the fun in life, like I said to you um, a few weeks ago, actually, mm. the thing I'm loving most about my life at the moment is I don't know what I don't know yet. Right. I'm looking forward to learning about what I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to just finding new things out about myself, about the world, and like almost that joy of exploration. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest rather than thinking about designing life, just focus on getting the fundamentals right. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. fundamentals for me are don't be stupid with money. Mm. Be thoughtful about how you're spending money, um, how how you are with debt. Yes, yes. And have a relationship with money that is positive. Mm. So you're not afraid to look at your bank account and you're not looking to spend every penny the moment it comes in. So that's the first step. If you can start to take that step slightly forward mm. and think about how you can start to save, ideally how you can start to give and have gratitude yep. as well. Yep. So donations and, and giving some of your money as well. So maybe shoehorning a percentage of your money that goes into some kind of savings, pensions, yep. and then also yep. some kind of giving. I think that those habits early on are great. I think look after your body. So I'm not suggesting that you need to become some kind of swimsuit model or anything <laughs> like that. No. But take time to go on walks. Take time to think about how you're eating. Um, you don't need to be perfect. I mean, if you want to be perfect, then go ahead. But just take that time to look after your body more and to cement in routines mm, that yes. work well yeah. for you. And then also just be smart about your relationships and the jobs you take and things like that. Mm. So where you spend your time, just be considered. Like, Don't do things that you don't want to do because you're expected to do it. Yeah, exactly. Now, I think that when you're younger, sometimes you don't want to do anything. So there is a balance somewhere yeah. <laughs> between just saying no to everything and kind of giving a middle finger to everybody. Yep, yep, yep. But there's the other side where we can potentially just be led by other people's expectations mm. and ideas and maybe follow your own thoughts and feelings about things. But also the key is to be flexible. Mm. So mm. by getting the money habits and the health habits right early, that means that you're not playing catch up when you're older because these things are much more challenging mm. to fix when you're older, to build up a decent savings pot so you can retire ideally early so you can enjoy some of your life. If you don't start it early enough, then you're fighting against a headwind. If yeah, you start yeah. when you're in your 30s, you've got a lot less time available. As you mentioned, 20 pound a week gets you a million pounds if you start early. Yep, yep. But if you start in your mid 30s or so, well, it then doesn't, no, it gets you maybe half of that. <laughs> it, it, it actually doesn't even get you half of that yeah. because you've removed a lot of those earlier years. If you leave it another 18 years until you're mm. 36, you're halfway along, you don't have half the money. I think you maybe have about a third of the money mm. just because compound interest works in your favor with time. time. Yep. So, by getting those things right and by doing it early, the same as if you find that you're unfit and you don't have the body you like when you're in your mid-30s or 40s, it takes a lot longer. Yep. Like I've been working working my beach body for years. <laughs> you have, you're doing I'm, great. I'm still not there because it's hard work. Mm. If I was doing this at the age of 20, mm. I'd be ripped as hell right now. <laughs> so the It's fact to keep is, you humble. It's to keep you maybe humble. it is, but the key is focus on those key things early on mm. get those right become good at them build in the habits around the money the lifestyle and the mental attitude 
don't worry about designing life and saying, I'm going to have this job at this time and I want to follow this mm. career path. The best thing you can be is open and flexible to where your skills and knowledge develop, where the world might require your skills and knowledge yes, yep. and how you can be of value. Because if you are of value, then people will pay for that value in either their time or their money which enables you to potentially do something where you have a passion. Mm. And if you've got a passion, working and earning money becomes a lot more comfortable. Oh, absolutely. Great advice. So there, I love how actually we've had different opinions on that life design question. A little bit different, but... Mine's better though. <laughs> can let us know in the comments which was better. Um, yeah, just to summarise, thank you so much for everyone who sent questions. We could only cover a couple of them, I know, given that we don't want to take up too much of your day, but we felt these questions were really great and what a beautiful way to kind of celebrate the end of the year with taking some of your questions. But if you do want to potentially have some questions featured on another podcast in future, yep. then what you can do is you can go to the Mama Fofo YouTube channel, yes. leave some comments on this video or any other video that you see on the Mama Fofo channel with the podcast and then just leave a few questions and then when we next come to do this... I feel like our two-year anniversary of the podcast we might potentially, do one, yeah. so it'll be in a few months' time. <laughs> but we'll go back and review some of the comments yep. and take a look. So if you do have any questions or things, then just put them on and then it may well get answered next time we do a QA. and a Amazing. So thank you so much for listening today and watching if you're on the Mama Fur Fur channel. We always love to have your questions, but also we're just really thankful, especially at this time of year, that you give up your time and watch and listen to us. Thank you for allowing us to do what we love every single day especially this year that's passed if you have enjoyed this podcast why not either give us a review if you're listening on spotify itunes or something like that you can also give it a thumbs up leave a comment if you're on youtube and you can hit subscribe on any platform video or audio content you can hit subscribe and you can follow us for every new episode so thank you so much for watching and listening today we'll speak to you very soon